In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Board is about the impact globalization, digital transition, the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, you can listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time, but if you miss us live, don't worry because we're on every major podcast platform all over the web, on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, You can find us by just putting in Leadership Beyond Borders. Now, I also invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And let me know what you want to hear about on this show. But regardless of what, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's subject. Um, In preparation for today, I was doing some reading and I found that in 2018, there was an experiment conducted by four female educators and psychologists that tested a group of adolescent girls in Zambia on their ability to negotiate. Now, after the initial test, the educators then put the girls to a course of six two-hour after-school sessions where the eighth-grade girls engaged in discussion, role-playing, storytelling, and gameplay to learn the principles of negotiation from Zambia educators. Now, the results were in published then in a white paper, And the girls generally were able to improve their skills and better represent themselves in discussions and negotiations. Now you say, okay, that study was in Zambia, in the U.S., we might be a little bit further ahead. But the question I pose, are we? Are we really further ahead? And our guest today thinks that we women have some room for improvement on negotiation. And she's going to talk to us today about why and how. Our guest today is Cindy Watson, and she is the founder of Woman on Purpose and the creator of Art of Feminine Negotiation and the Hersuasion Programs. The founder and managing partner of Watson Palmer Law. She has specialized in social justice for over 30 years. She's a TEDx international speaker, award-winning author, master negotiator, and consultant, and her passion is on negotiations, commitment, and the ability to inspire. As a world-class women's empowerment coach, she has a proven track record of motivating women to negotiate and their best, and she has a new book out. It's called The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get what you want from the boardroom to the bedroom and it's in wall street and u.s today bestseller as an attorney cindy has broke down barriers fighting to further women's rights secure pay equality break glass ceilings and end discrimination and as a coach she empowers women to unleash their feminine power and become the best version of themselves so cindy cindy welcome to the show Oh, thanks so much, Kimberly. I'm excited to be here, and I love the fantastic work that you do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And um, I, I, your book is absolutely amazing. So let's let's kind of start with that. Um, you know what? You know there are a lot of negotiation books out there. Um, why did you feel it was necessary to write a book on negotiations that was really targeted towards women? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, Kimberly, I, I agonized over a couple of things. I agonized over whether to use the word feminine in the title because mm-hmm. I, I figured it's going to, we're moving away from gender attributions. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought, oh, is that going to stale date the book? And then I agonized over whether to write the book for women specifically, because the actual concept of art of feminine negotiation isn't gender specific. But, you know, I thought about it more and I'm like, for too long, we have been conditioned to define success based on this very competitive masculine model. And I think Mm -hmm. that conditioning affects both men and women, but women are definitely hit harder. And I definitely saw my clients at both ends of the spectrum, either, you know, women shying away from negotiating or self-advocating because they saw it as conflict and they didn't think they were good at it. Um, Or at the other end of the spectrum, and I was guilty of this, that overcompensating, really chest beating kind of energy. And both of those had a really high cost. So, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And with COVID, for the first time in a long time, I think we saw people wanting a different way of being, a different way of showing up. It shook us to our core. And I think people Mm. started looking at these so-called feminine traits or skills as an asset for the first time in a very long time rather than a liability. So that, that was the rationale behind it. Yeah, I actually, I never really thought about it till I was reading your book. And um, I'm thinking about when I was in, in university and, you know, reading all these books on negotiation. Um, they're all um, male authors. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was all extremely, you know, um, uh, uh, masculine oriented, which, which kind of comes to the myth. And I ask you about the myth. I mean, there is a myth that really to be successful in negotiation, you have to kind of have a, a take all aggressive attitude attitude and be a tough negotiator. And you talk in your book uh, a little bit about that is a myth. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, you bet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. And it's funny. You mentioned I was a social justice attorney for many, many years. And uh, so I did a lot of work representing trade unions. And boy, mm-hmm. I mean, collective bargaining, <laughs> as you can imagine, we saw yep. a lot of that chest beating, stomping out of the table <laughs> and, and, you know, and they wore it like a badge of honor. So um, I think when most people think of negotiation, they think of boardrooms or power suits and they believe that the person talking the loudest and the longest is winning. And even that's problematic. The fact that we see negotiation as a win or lose, we are really, that is ingrained in us. And I believe it is the wrong approach. It is, it leads to narrow thinking and it doesn't allow us to get those best outcomes. You know, one of the things I've learned the hard way, uh, you know, having gone that route for many, many years, my clients called me the Barracuda, which they meant (laughs) as a a compliment. and, And I'm so embarrassed now. Kimberly, I wore it like a badge of honor for a long time, but but boy, it affected, you know, such a high cost. And so with the more I dug in, I came to recognize that it's actually bringing a more collaborative approach. We'll get better outcomes because you'll get more creative outcomes. You'll really be able to find what the hidden needs are of both parties rather than holding our cards so close to our chest. And that leads to better relationships, better buy-in, longer lasting agreements, and those win-win outcomes, not in the way that we think of where it's sort of splitting the baby or everybody walks away unhappy. But I think it's one of the reasons the world is so out of balance today. I mean, imagine a world where we all sought to truly understand and meet the needs of other people. What What a different world that would be. Mm. Yeah, you talk about that in your book uh, a little bit about the the world being out of balance. Okay, and um, you know maybe maybe we're right. Maybe during the pandemic, maybe we kind of started to look at things to bring it back into balance. Any insights on that? Yeah, I I, I love that you picked up on that. But and I've got to give you credit. You obviously have read the book deeply, which is uh, hats off to you as an interviewer. It's a it's a pleasant surprise. Um, I think what happened the re- when I talk about out of out of balance, I think because both men and women have been conditioned to define success based on that competitive model. Well, three mm-hmm. guesses what happens. That means that both men and women see their so-called feminine to the extent that there is that you know those traits that we consider to be more feminine versus traits we consider to be more masculine. Uh, and again, not gender-based, we all have masculine and feminine energy, but if we see them as a liability, which I believe we've been conditioned to, then we're going to stifle it. And we end up with an approach where there isn't that balance because we all have masculine and feminine energy, but if everybody is stifling the so-called feminine, believing that's the only way to succeed, we end up with very ego-driven, win-at-all-cost approach. Our entertainment industry reflects that. If you think of the key movies and TV shows we watch now, we're actually rooting for the bad guy half the time they're anti-heroes. <laughs> we don't listen. We don't truly seek to understand. 
And I think that leads, when I say out of balance, just look at the increased polarization we're seeing in the world, certainly in the U.S., their political landscape. Even during COVID, I know it's a touchy subject, but people didn't have the freedom to have meaningful conversations and respective mm. views to come up with best alternatives. And there's no opportunity for growth in that mindset. So when I talk about being out of balance, uh, that's what I mean. I think not just individually do we throw ourselves out of balance, but I believe on the global scale, we the ripple effect is huge. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about it, you talk about, I mean, you hit on point this, this masculine and feminine type energy. Okay. And, and, you know, that being a little bit out of balance. So you talk about that mm-hmm. in your book on, on feminine power, okay? Um, and it seems that sometimes we we um, suppress that feminine a- energy in some areas, especially in negotiation. So, you know, how, where does this feminine power fit in the negotiation process? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that because I, I think it's one of the areas where I get pushed back. As I said, I agonized over whether to use the word feminine because I knew there'd mm-hmm. be pushback, and there has been. So let me just stay out of the gate for your listeners. There's no one way to be a woman or a man or any of the spaces in between. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. So when I talk about feminine power, I mean those skills or traits that tend to be considered to be feminine, but have been discounted. And when I had my epiphany and decided I didn't want to be a barracuda anymore and started really digging in, and you look at the key skills that make the most effective negotiators, I'm talking through time, across geography, it came down to, and it was sort of the first model that I developed, and I called it the R-FIT model. And they just stand for, it's an acronym for the six traits that are considered predominantly feminine, that make for the most effective negotiator. So it's assertiveness, which most people consider to be the the one masculine trait out of the six key skills to being a good negotiator. But even on that, I would disagree, to be honest. I think people Mm -hmm. call it, they confuse assertive with aggressive and they're not the same Uh thing. But the other five traits, it's interesting that we have discounted the feminine approach to negotiation because almost all experts agree it's rapport building, empathy, Mm -hmm. flexibility, intuition, and trust all five of which are traits that people, when they're questioned, and and they've done numerous polls on this, consider those to be feminine versus masculine traits. So when I talk about feminine power, it's like, hey, quit seeing these skills as a liability that you need to shy away from. Lean into them. These are your secret weapons, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that 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 was really, you know, when you think about that and you think about um, roles, okay, and you think, uh, and you, you think about, you know, uh, you could, you know, this is getting into a little bit of, of talk of, you know, family and, and gender, you know, going back years, you know, mm-hmm. gender roles of, of you know, um, who, you know, who keeps the, the family together with, you know, usually the, you know, the um, feminine figure with rapport, empathy, trust, uh, intuition, okay, pulls yeah. it all together. So I can see why it would be, but why it would be uh, in negotiation. Um, well, I, I'd like to, you know, take a little deeper dive into those um, when we, after the break. And, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of this, this, um, unconscious bias we have mm. to, to women stepping up to the table and and you know showing assertiveness um and i'm glad you said assertiveness is not aggressiveness we can talk about the difference there so we're yeah. going to take a short break for for a moment and uh, for our listeners our guest today is cindy watson and she is the founder of women on purpose and the creator of the art of feminine negotiation and persuasion and she is a best-selling author and her book is the art of feminine negotiation how to get what you want from the boardroom to the bedroom and it's a wall street journal and a usa today bestseller now if you'd like to reach out to cindy you can reach out to her on www.womenonpurpose.ca she's also on facebook under women on purpose community on linkedin under uh the Cindy Watson on Twitter under at Women on Purpose One and on Instagram on Women on Purpose Coaching. So please, you can find all the social media on, on her website. So reach out to her. And this broadcast is all brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing local search associations. They hold pieces of training, conferences, do market research, legislative white papers 
papers focused on digital. They also have conferences, and their next conference will be held in Porto, Portugal, October 22nd to 25th. They also have a free e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups. And this platform brings an entrepreneur or startup from idea, conception, to exit. And it is absolutely free to all entrepreneurs uh, in Europe as well as in the United States. So you can go to www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups and check out the platform and under www.cinda.org check out information about Cinda. And with that, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in for And Security for All, hosted by Kim Hakem. Each week, we look into a different aspect of cybersecurity, which is important to know for anyone who is involved with the Internet daily, which is probably all of us. We take the technical jargon and make it easier to understand while helping you to identify weaknesses and issues in your own cybersecurity and fix them now. And Security for All is broadcast live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And uh, today we're, we're talking about the art of negotiation, but we're talking about a little different aspect today. And our our guest today is best-selling author Cindy Watson, and her new book is called The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom, and it's a Wall Street Journal and U.S. Today bestseller. She's also the founder of Women on Purpose and the creator of Art of Feminine Negotiation and her Suasion programs. And she is the managing partner of Watson Palmer Law and has specialized in social justice law for over 30 years. So, uh, so Cindy, before the break, we, we kind of went into the, the general skills um, for negotiation, but I want to I back up for a minute, all right? And, and, and back up to, to this this view we have of women in negotiation I still you know it might be changing but we still have it you know and some of the unconscious biases that we encounter when women actually step up to the negotiation table can you talk about that a little bit yeah and I I thought I had a real handle on this but I've got to admit Kimberly it was one of the most surprising things to me when I was researching for the book is just how deep this runs and one of the things I'd say out of the gate is when we talk about bias Generally, we're always talking about bias by men against women. We love to finger point, right? And I Mm -hmm. think, frankly, things are never going to change until we start also ignoring uh, or not ignoring, start recognizing the bias by women against other women and perhaps more importantly, the bias of women against ourselves. I mean, there was one study that blew me away where they took young women who wrote their SAT exams and half the group had to identify their gender in advance of writing the test and the other didn't. I'm talking simply check off whether you're male or female. And in study after study, no matter which way they ran it, in overwhelming numbers, those young girls who were asked to identify their gender performed more poorly. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about the depth of that kind of bias. So then you layer on that this bias that we believe that women aren't good negotiators, that women aren't assertive, that women are too emotional. And when we end up framing, facing those unconscious biases, it affects how we show up and I think adversely impacts on our beliefs about our ability to negotiate. 
Yeah. And, and you know that that's really interesting because I was just thinking um, um, the other day uh, I was flying um, uh, home and when I got on the plane uh, with um, Air Portugal, there were actually uh, two female pilots and all I heard was like comments yeah. from, from <laughs> other people. Oh my God! There's two women flying this plane, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and I mean, I was just like, "Oh, this is great!" Okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, you're right. I mean, we do it to ourselves, okay? And these were women making comments, saying, oh, "How can Absolutely. they do this?" You know, and so it's the same thing. Um, and I think when you see negotiations, you walk into a boardroom, and and uh, well, first of all, how many times do you walk in a boardroom when you when you see more than twenty percent women? That's yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's a good point. Um, so, you know, uh, when we're when we're doing that, what uh, what can we do to change that? I mean, do you think this is just going to be a matter of time? I mean, I think maybe we've changed some of it. You're you're in the law area, and you know, when you see women prosecutors and things, that it's a little bit more prevalent today. H- how can we kind of move those perceptions? Yeah, I think we've still got a lot. I mean, we've come a long way, but I think we have to recognize that there's still a long way to go, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think that if we're going to have women uh, improve their negotiation skills and and get over some of these unconscious gender biases so that women quit getting talked over, which is still happening, women still don't ask as much as men, women's ideas still are more likely to get credited to men in the room. And um, I, we need to start raising our awareness, right? We need to get intentional about this. So um, I think the more we have conversations like this, frankly, and kudos yeah. to you, Kimberly. I, I think we're raising that awareness about the fact that this is still a problem, right? And encouraging people to lean into the feminine. And and I often now, like post-COVID, or you know, if there is such a thing, or post post the, you know, the the worst of it, we hope. Um, yeah. As I say, I think people are looking for a different way of being. And, you know, you heard this interesting dialogue about the fact that countries with female leaders fared better during COVID. And I don't know if that's true. And frankly, I don't care. I don't get into the muck about that. But at the very least, the value of feminine stock went up. So I think now is the time to really be getting intentional about this, to lean into our feminine, to uh, bring some of these models to the table so that we can improve how we show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you, and you talk about the these six, these are fit uh, qualities, okay, mm-hmm. which, which when you when you look at them on the surface, uh, assertiveness, rapport, empathy, trust, intuition, flexibility, I mean, you, you'd really say, okay, those are those are the qualities of any good negotiator. And then when you look at it, you say, you know, Ah, you know, women actually kind of have those <laughs> skills naturally. Okay, yeah. so how how can we make ourselves aware that we have those skills and use them better? Yeah, I love that. And I, and I actually have my clients and so whenever I'm doing workshops or uh, have the opportunity to speak, I, you know, two things. One, I tell women to do a brag list, right? First, mm-hmm. start getting over some of this by writing down everything you can think about that you, uh, you know, can like or love about yourself. But also, I think just bringing our awareness to these m- simple models Um, these are skills like all of life is a negotiation and women out of necessity, I think have had to develop skills. We didn't own property. We weren't allowed to vote Mm -hmm. for, you know, that's relatively recent history. So it was almost of necessity that women had to build rapport skills, right? They had to to build trust skills as a matter of survival. So I think for women to be able to increase that, if we start uh, leaning into these and recognize Forget the boardroom for a moment. When you're dealing with your intimate partner, when you're dealing with kids, when you're dealing with service providers, you are already using these skills in a myriad of ways. And I invite all your listeners, you know, when the show is done, just jot down some of the areas where you can recognize that you have had to show up from a place of assertiveness, where you have brought rapport to the table, where you bring empathy in your discussion, seeking to understand the other person's perspective, when you've had to be flexible, as we all most women, most women I know are juggling a hundred balls at any given moment. So just recognizing that these are skills you already use every day. Once yep. you raise your awareness about that, you're going to be more likely to apply them. Yeah, that, that's really funny because when I first saw this list, I didn't think about my business positions. Okay. Or um, I was a CEO for 25 years. The first thing I thought about was dealing with teenagers. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
toughest negotiation there is. <laughs> I know exactly. You know. But uh, no, um, I want to come back to that a little bit too. But in your book, you, you're talking. Well, let's get into kind of the steps. So we we have these we have this this R fit these skills that we want to yep. recognize and use, and um, but negotiation is also. Uh, or I've learned, and I'd like to hear your insight in this, is is planning, okay? Um, you know, you can't go into a discussion without really thinking about it. And you talk about kind of pre-negotiation steps that women should never skip. Could you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, you bet. Um, <laughs> and, and it comes back to the word you, you probably hear, have already heard me use a number of times is intention, right? It's about... Yep. Elevating your intention so that you're showing up, not just flying by the seat of your pants, but that you're preparing. And frankly, preparation and negotiation will outweigh somebody's skill level. It can even outweigh your leverage in a negotiation. So I advocate for all your listeners, do some simple preparation. One of them, I I call it the five W's. It's one of my models actually as well. And I'd love to share with your listeners because it's so simple. As part of your preparation process, always do a quick checklist, if you will, of yourself. Who, what, where, when, why? You know, who do I want to show up as in this negotiation? Actually choose three words that describe who you want to be. And that way, if you get thrown off track, you can ground yourself really quickly. Okay, I want to be whatever it is for you, calm, collected, compelling. There's no right or wrong answer. Who is the other side expect me to be? Who are they likely to show up as? Prepare for all of the possible versions of them so you don't get caught off guard, right? What is their learning style, for example? So think about who you're dealing with, who should be at the table. Go through a checklist, quick checklist of the who. Then turn to what? Most people go, oh, I know what I want in the negotiation. And they're thinking of that one substantive thing they want, but they forget about process outcomes as well. Mm. Sometimes setting up a process will get you more long-term than whatever that thing is you're negotiating now. And I find the most often forgotten what is the relationship outcome. Sometimes the relationship is worth more than whatever you're fighting about, right? Or negotiating about or a difficult discussion. So who, what, where? We recognize location is important in real estate. We recognize settings important in a novel. It is also important in your negotiations. So don't just fall into it. Choose where would make the most sense to have this discussion in your personal life. You know, should this discussion take place in the bedroom or while we're on a family vacation should, at work? Should, is this a water cooler conversation or a firm retreat? Or you know, be intentional. The when. Choose your timing. Don't go asking for that big increase if you've just had your worst quarter at the firm. The opposite Mm. is also true. If you've just had a big win in the workplace, maybe the timing is perfect now to make that big ask. And the last W is the why. Everybody's like, Cindy, most negotiations are about money. There is no why. That's not, it is never just about the money. It's about what that money represents. So that quick check-in, who, what, where, when, why, will totally up-level your ability to get better outcomes. Okay, can I just uh, drill down for a second on the where, okay? Yeah. Um, do you think this has become, it's become more difficult since the pandemic, um, uh, you know, doing mm-hmm. negotiations online when you actually cannot completely see body language and facial and, and connect? Do you think it's, you know, do you have any tips on oh, that? I think that is a great question and it has dramatically changed. Like back, back before pre-COVID, I, you know, I would do a lot of talking and writing about email negotiations because there mm-hmm. are challenges when you don't have that personal connection. It is a very different process. It takes more intention. It takes more thoughtfulness. It takes you really thinking about how can I bring rapport to the table? We don't, I think with since Zoom came in, People just jump straight to business, right? So I really invite people, really think, how can I build rapport in this conversation? What can I do to bring that empathy to the table? But I think the where is also still important. Even like, are you going to take the Zoom call or whatever um, sort of forum you're having it in somewhere where I have access to information? Uh, Or do I want to have the excuse, frankly, that I'm going to have to get back to you on that because I don't have access to information. I'm not in the office right now or I'm not wherever, right? But also choose a location where you're comfortable, especially since things have gone Zoom. People tend to just throw it up in the kitchen and take their call. Choose somewhere where you can be focused, where you feel really comfortable. Set an ambiance where you're going to show up as the best version of yourself and invite the person on the other side to do the same. So I think it still matters. 
Um, and also, if possible, ask to meet in person if you know that's going to be your best um, advantage in this negotiation. Make that one of the keys on your wear. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, that is that's something that's kind of been a little I nitpick on a lot when I feel like sometimes the attention span is different. Oh, in yes. in so. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and that kind of leads to the why. And and before we go on to something else, you know, um, I, I think we have a tendency to forget the why. Like you said, yes. it's all about money. Okay. And uh, sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper. Can you talk about that? Yeah. And one thing I, I would point out is that, well, first, if it's about money, the, you know, as I alluded to, don't ever fool yourself into thinking it's just about the money. Dig deep. What does this money mean for me? What does this actually represent for me? Is this an issue of my status or my sense of self? Is it, you know, is this the money that I need to be able to get my kid to that special camp or whatever, but also really be cognizant and intentional about thinking, what is the deep why for the other party? We're always so focused mm-hmm. on ourselves. We're so ego-driven. We often don't do that. And, and, and think of a negotiation like an iceberg. You know, the Titanic sunk with it. Yeah. The, the stated needs in any given negotiation are just the tip of that iceberg, almost always, Kimberly, right? And yep. it's the unstated needs that are really driving how the negotiation proceeds and the outcomes you're going to get. And very few people tap into those unstated needs. So get intentional about tapping into finding those deep whys on every issue that is relevant to the issue thing that you're negotiating about. Yeah, and I think I think that's really important because I do I I I know I tend to do that sometimes, you know, and have to stand stand back. And I think as we start to get into these negotiations, and especially as women, we kind of look at the surface and not dig underneath. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I want to talk a little bit about after the the next break. Is you know, as women, when we go into it, um, we sometimes have our own self biases. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and. Yeah. Um, You know, what are some of the kind of do's and don'ts we should look at as we start to evolve ourselves into better negotiators and step up to that table? So we'll talk about that after the break. And for our listeners, we are talking today with Cindy Watson, and she is the founder of Women on Purpose and the creator of Art of Feminine Negotiation and Hersuasion Programs. And she is the founder and managing partner of Watson Palmer Law. And she has specialized in social justice law for over 30 years. She's a TEDx international speaker and award-winning author. Her new book is called The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. And this is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. Now, you can reach out to Cindy on www.womenonpurpose.ca. And on that website also has her social media, but her social media is on Facebook, Women on Purpose Community. On LinkedIn, you can reach out to her, Cindy Watson on Twitter at Women on Purpose One and on Instagram, Women on Purpose Coaching. Uh, So please reach out to Cindy and the book is available on Amazon and is a fantastic read. Now this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research and legislative white papers on digital. They also have conferences. Their next conference is October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. They also have an e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups that takes entrepreneurs and startups from conception idea to exit, and it is free, and you can access that by going to www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups. So please reach out to Cinda. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? How do you take charge of your life and achieve your goals and bring about positive changes that propel you forward? On The Leader's Edge, join your hosts, Steve and Ernie, as they bring a mix of insights in personal and leadership growth that shapes your culture and the culture around you. Lean in and learn intentionally how to accelerate into your next best life. Tune into The Leader's Edge with Ernalita DeCumos and Steve Steele, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And uh, today we're talking about negotiation and we're talking about the art of feminine negotiation. And um, we're talking with Cindy Watson and she's the founder of Women on Purpose and the creator of the art of feminine negotiation and her suasion programs. And uh, she's also the founder and managing partner of Watson Palmer Law. And she specialized in social justice law for 30 years. Um, she has a new book out and it's called The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the boardroom to the bedroom it's a wall street and us today bestseller and we're talking about some of the great tips and content that she has in that book and her insights so cindy we kind of talked about the the skills um you know the the fit skills of of negotiation and then you know the five things you should do and how preparation is important um but even if we have these in our head okay we still sometimes women have our own stereotypes okay and and negotiation can be scary okay (laughs) you know it's kind of uh, you know some people are they're more in their comfort zone some people have to step out of their comfort zone to do it and you talk about um some of the do's and don'ts that every woman should know about when stepping up to negotiation um could you talk about those You bet. Um, Yeah, and I would say for the do, one of the things we haven't touched on yet, and I think it's important, is this idea of curiosity. And I rarely hear it talked about by other negotiation experts or any of the books you read. And I think it's, you know, I call it the art of fascination. Mm -hmm. You will get such better outcomes in your negotiations. And it takes away, I think, some of that scariness that you were just talking about, Kimberly. Don't think don't think of the stakes as so high. Think of this as an opportunity to just get curious. And if you come to a negotiation with that curiosity and you start asking questions, then it doesn't, if the other party shows up being a little aggressive or they get angry, you're really easily able to ground yourself by just going, oh, I seem to have hit on something here. Let's let's dig into that a bit. Can you tell me a bit more? What just happened? What is it about this that's upsetting to you? It is a brilliant way to be able to mm-hmm. uncover. We were just talking about that getting to the unstated need. So I would say get curious, ask questions, and listen are the three big uh, to-dos that we don't do enough of. And mm-hmm. North America in particular are guilty. We do not listen well. Um, and one of the listening things I would say, you know, we hear about active listening where you reflect back to the other person. Yep. I call it elevated active listening, and I, mm-hmm. it seems counterintuitive, but when somebody get, makes their pitch, their argument, and they're all hell-bent on just having their version put forward, reflect back what they said in a way that's even more gracious, that makes their argument better than they did. As I said, it's counterintuitive, but you will be shocked how many times it, it stops the other person in their tracks, and they're like, wow, she, <laughs> she really does get it, and then yeah. it triggers reciprocity. So those would be my big do's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's important. I think this kind of like reflecting back is is really important because we have a tendency to to hear what we want to hear. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. And um, and I think in negotiation. And what about what about mistakes? Okay, um, are there any is there any kind of mistakes you see? Oh yeah, uh, especially especially women make in negotiations. 
Yeah. Well, and I would say it's for, for both because I mean, for women in particular, one that stands out is not owning their values. So that would okay. be the first thing that I would say for sure. <laughs> but I come up with, I call it the seven deadly sins. Cause it's, it's so, it is so common. The first we've talked a bit about is ego. Don't make right. it about you. Don't make it about your position. Make it about the other person. What do they need? Find that out as quickly as you can and keep, when you find that you're making it about you, flip the focus. Mm-hmm. Attachment is another biggie, right? Being don't go to a negotiation so attached to one outcome. I've seen people walk away from great deals that were sitting right on the table because they were so attached to how they thought it had to look. And I've also seen the opposite true, where people ended up walking away from a deal that could be great because they they didn't see the forest for the trees. Right. Um, reactivity is another, you know, don't let yourself get reactive. Don't let yourself get triggered. And that goes back to why that 5W and that R fit is so important. If you can ground yourself, you're going to be less likely to be reactive because then you lose the calm you need to be curious and Mm -hmm. empathetic. Uh, Jumping straight to business we talked about, that's another deadly sin. Take the time, build rapport, build that trust, right? Not listening is another deadly sin. We've talked about that. Integrity is another one. And Mm -hmm. I mean that in both senses of the word. The one that's obvious, people are like, yeah, yeah, I get be honest, be truthful. But I also love to think of it based on the Latin root, right? That integer. When we're out of alignment with our own values, we are not whole. We are not, we don't have that integer. So really be consistent to your values. And finally, clarity. People go into negotiations not having done their homework and not being really clear about the outcomes that they want, both their stated needs and the unstated needs, as well as the relationship outcome they want and the process outcome. So I would say those are the seven biggest mistakes I see over and over again. And and those are kind of across the board. It doesn't matter if you're a male or female or Absolutely. or whatever okay it really is yeah. and um and what about just to, go, to touch on one last thing attitude okay um you know we talk there's a lot of psychology in in negotiations and and you know how important is it to go in with mm. with a positive or a I, I don't even want to say positive but kind of a yeah uh, a special kind of attitude you can talk yeah. about that yeah and a lot of people were, i think surprised because a big chunk of the book as you know from reading it starts with what i would call the mindset piece i think yeah. psychology is key mindset is key and i often say our first and most important negotiation is the one with ourselves, negotiating our mindset mm-hmm. you gotta push past the con- and this is for women in particular Push past that conditioning that made you think you have to play small or that you need to always be the givers. Because if you're always the giver, you're not open to receiving in a negotiation what you deserve, right? So push past that conditioning about playing small. Push past some of the limiting beliefs that have held you back. Push past the fears. And not only fear of rejection, which I think is in fear of failure, which is a biggie for women, but I think we underestimate the extent to which fear of success. Oh my gosh, what if I get yes. too big for my britches? What if I'm successful? How's that going to change my relationship? So pushing past those blocks, it's all about mindset to be yeah. able to show up and be the best negotiator. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. So, you know, you, you talk about a lot about that in your book and you have a lot of systems in your book. So when people read your book and give you feedback, what surprises you the most when they use some of your systems in your book? Um, I would say with my clients, one of the biggest surprises they have, most people come to me looking for um, the business, right? I want more money. I want more. I want better positions. I want. And and obviously we do that and they get that certainly in spades. But I think the thing that surprises them the most is the impact on the personal life, that recognition that all of life is a negotiation. And, you know, one of my clients is now working on a really tough discussion she has to have with her daughter. One of my clients, you know, works on how to manage uh, siblings with mental health issues, for example example, or with your intimate partner. So I think they get the business piece, but the thing that surprises them is how much better your personal relationships mm-hmm. are going to be as well. Yeah, that's that's, that's really important. So, I mean, you, you talked about, you know, writing this book, you kind of were in conflict. Should I use uh, use the art of feminine negotiation, persuasion? Um, you know, what was probably the most difficult thing when, or discouraged you the most when, when you were writing this book? Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I think the extent to which uh, unconscious gender bias of women Mm -hmm. against ourselves 
is yes. still so prevalent and the profound impact. And I saw, even as I started working through it myself, the extent to which it's held me back in so many ways. But also the other thing I do find discouraging sort of since the book has been put out there is this assumption that the concept is for women only, that men and women mm -hmm. need to negotiate differently. And I've been interviewed by a lot of um, a man who read the book and go, this is such a great book and I can see why this works for women. And so I, my hope is that one day people start reframing concepts of negotiation and conflict so that both men and women start leaning into their feminine and see the benefit uh, of getting better outcomes through that. Mm -hmm. and, and this this bias is, I have a really important question here because, you know, we're, you know, we generation X or Ys are here and we have the new generation going up. And I, I see, you know, uh, the, you know, 11 year olds and 10 year olds that are girls. Okay. Mm. How can we help the next generation be better negotiators or give them more confidence to go into this? Is there anything that advice you can say that how can we help groom this next generation, whether it's girls or boys yeah. to step up to an equal playing field? Yeah. Well, I, I guess the trite answer that came to mind is ma make my book part of the curriculum. <laughs> but all joking aside, I think these kinds of conversations and the study that you mentioned at the beginning as well, teach, we're, I don't know about you, but we weren't taught how to negotiate, frankly. And to the extent no. that we, it was modeled, it was based on that old school, traditional yes. masculine competitive model. So I think just raising awareness about conditioning. Let's uh, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned about the younger generation coming, because one thing I find butting against, a lot of young women believe that oh, geez, we don't need any of this stuff anymore. We're past it. We have equality. Mm. We've achieved equality. So recognizing that this conditioning is still impacting on them, right? That these tests still have young women who have to check off their gender actually perform more poorly, right? So raising their awareness about the conditioning, about its impact, but also simply recognizing from a really young age that all of life is a negotiation and it's a simple skill to be able to master. So let's teach it, let's live it, let's point out the ways in which they already do it and let's stop discouraging um, both young girls and boys from showing up with empathy. Stop seeing it as a weakness, stop framing it as a weakness, start recognizing that this is the true test of leadership, this is the true um, uh, a test of an effective negotiator who's going to make a difference in the world. Encourage yeah. them to lean into their feminine and lean into the messiness. If people get emotional, that's okay. Lean into it. Use it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's so many ways to do that, too. I mean, uh, you know, the schools are one thing, and yes, make it part of the curriculum. I like that. <laughs> uh, but, but also, I mean, just at home, you know, um, just kind of, you know, uh, especially with the teenagers or the preteenies or even the little ones, just, you know, start when you're young to, you know, to listen and, and try to negotiate the outcomes that are happy for everybody <laughs> so absolutely um, yeah absolutely. so we're well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah well we're getting towards the end of the the show cindy this has been absolutely fantastic so just um if you had kind of like wrap it up in in maybe two to three tips for our listeners um on on you know negotiation or you know finding their place at the table what would, would those be mm. i would say Number one, be intentional about negotiating your mindset. Recognize it all starts with that psychology for all the reasons that we've discussed. So be really intentional about that. And two, tied to that, be intentional in all your interactions. Every time you're about to have a difficult conversation, as you said, with your teenager comes to mind, right? <laughs> prepare for it like you would a business negotiation, like go through the 5W model, go through, uh, you know, the, the seven deadly skins, go through the RFIT model. How can I build rapport here? So be really intentional in all your interactions. And three, practice invoking them, right? So I, I, I challenge and invite is a better word, all of your listeners for the next week, get super intentional uh, about every conversation that you know you're about to have and invoke some of the models and concepts that we've talked about and prepare 
for every one of those discussions as you would as if it was a multi-million dollar deal. Those would be my top three tips. Wow, super. And and I think, um, you know, to close that off, I go with get the book. There's some some great <laughs> models in the book, okay? Um, and super great closing tips, Cindy. And for our listeners, we've been talking today with Cindy Watson, and she is the author of The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the boardroom to the bedroom it is available on amazon and it is a wall street journal and usa top seller so you can get that and some of these models are in the book and it's a great read and cindy is also the founder of women on purpose and the creator of the art of feminine negotiation and persuasion programs and she is the founding and manager partner at watson palmer law and she has specialized in social justice law for over 30 years. Now, please reach out to Cindy. You can reach out to her on her website on www.womenonpurpose.ca. Now, you can also find all the social media on her website, but her social media is on Facebook, Women on Purpose Community. On LinkedIn, you can find her under the Cindy Watson. On Twitter, under at Women on Purpose One, and on Instagram, Women Purpose Coaching. So please reach out to Cindy. And this broadcast has been brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, do conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have a e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups, and this platform is free. You can go to it on the www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups website, and it takes entrepreneurs and startups from idea or conception of idea to exit. Uh, a great e-learning model open to the public in Europe as well as in North America and Asia. So please go to www.cindy.org to try that out. So Cindy, um, with closing again, thank you. Absolutely delightful conversation. Um, we could go on for another hour. So, oh, thank you so, for having me. This was a fabulous interview. I love yeah, it. And uh, really, really exciting, um, exciting news, exciting tips in your book. And again, to our listeners, I encourage you to get the book. It is available on Amazon. And thank you, Cindy. And I wish you um, all the best. And hopefully we'll have you back on, on the show again. We're waiting for another book coming up, maybe. <laughs> Put a little pressure it. on you, Cindy. Okay. <laughs> you got it. I'd love to come back. Thanks. Okay. All right. And thank you, listeners, for listening. And please tune in again next week uh, to Leadership Beyond Borders. If you miss us live, which is 3 p.m. on Tuesdays, uh, specific time, then don't worry because you can find us all over the web. And until then, thank you again for listening and goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.